Hello and welcome to New England Beer Reviews, episode 37, Connect the Dots. My name is TJ Davis, alongside my, alongside my hetero life mate, Emily Schick. How the fuck are you, weirdo? I am doing pretty well. Exciting, exciting times. Um, Oh my god, we're, we're almost 30 seconds into this. We, we should get into the beer. Uh, I know, like how I I can't possibly wait any longer to drink. We must be slipping in our old age. Our first beer today is uh, Connect the Dots New England Style IPA from Progression Brewing Company out of Northampton, Massachusetts. In three, two, one, crack. Oh man, that already smells good. Oh yeah, no, it's got a fantastic scent. (laughs) It's very heady pouring it out, though. So it I'm makes not getting me, that. Oh, I'm getting like pretty decent head in this thing. I, I mean, I'm getting some, but it's not like it didn't prevent me from pouring much out. Oh, man, that smells really good. It does smell really good. I hope it tastes as good as it smells. I'm enjoying it. I can I I would say that it does. I'm glad we're doing this now because it t- it tastes like it's very very lightly starting to oxidize. Like I'm getting used to that taste of oxidation and like it's it's barely barely there, but it's it, it is it is there, but like it's it's noticeable when you know what you're looking for. But yes, yeah. it does taste as good as it smells. Yeah, it really does. I want to know what the fuck is in this. It might actually tell you. I can't remember, but I, I, I generally look these things up when I'm buying them, so. Well, the can doesn't, but. Yeah, no, I mean, it might say in the untapped description. I mean, I, this is how I end up spending so much fucking time in liquor stores. It's a combination of me looking up a million things on untapped, uh, me having to look at everything they have if they have a good selection and talking to people like no i mean i went and bought some more beer very nice for a few today and i got talked into a whole ass you know mixed four that i wasn't gonna buy yeah it happens all right yeah so it is citra with a bit of simcoe so yeah, yeah, that does explain a lot about like why this is so tasty to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that it might not even be oxidized. It might actually just be like it might be t- a touch oxidized, but like it's also the that like Simcoe twist that's like throwing me off from the the pure Citra. No, I do think it is a little bit oxidized. It it just a tiny touch though. Yeah. I get a hint of metal. But other than that, very tasty. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely I... try more stuff from them because I've never fucking heard from heard of Progression Brewing Company out of Northampton, Massachusetts before. My guess is they self distro, which is probably why We've never seen anything from them. 
Yeah, I guess there's a lot of stuff that self does self distro. I'd guess that they're a nano brewery. Do you remember where you got this one from? I do. This one came from Nikki's Liquors. Ah, Nikki's Liquors in Providence, Rhode Island. In Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah, I we did have a but we had all this. We've gone through all the singles from there, but I did get some whole four packs, knowing that you know we needed stuff to talk about mm-hmm. and send to people. And so. uh, beer two comes from there as well. I'm guessing. Yes. All right. All right. Um, so I feel like this time we want to start off with Emily telling us about a journey she took. Where did you take a journey to? Was it the magical land of Maine? It was indeed the magical land of Maine. Oh, rad. (laughs) Maine is actually kind of a magical land in some ways. Uh, Oh, I I didn't mean that as being like facetious. No, I know. Like, it's a pretty place. I wouldn't want to live there, but it's a pretty place. It's a pretty place. I actually wouldn't mind living there. I just want to live in like, you know. Carry. probably tourist <laughs> land um i don't know there's like if, if you go uh, like a town like wells is really nice but you you mostly want to live like west of the highway mm-hmm. or at least west of route one because but ideally west of 95 because uh yeah um the stuff right around route one is fucking touristy as hell so But no, I mean, Portland's a great city, but like Maine has, you know, good food, good beer, you know, good people. Uh, They're they're going to start allowing marijuana cafes. Well, not cafes, quote unquote, social clubs Mm -hmm. in 2023. I mean, that's that's pretty rad. Um, I think it's pretty rad. So we're talking about your trip to Maine. I mean, I'd totally go to one of those social clubs. We're talking about oh, yeah. your trip to Maine, and one of the places that you went to was Odd by Nature. Oh, is yeah. that um, is that spoilers for next time as well? I mean, I it doesn't really matter. It, like, uh, so so our next episode is going to end up being well. Why, why don't you introduce? Because I don't know who the fuck he is. I didn't actually meet the guy that we're going to be interviewing. Um, so I went to Odd by Nature. They are in Cape Nettick, which I don't know if it's it's actually its own town or if it's part of York. Um, but we are going to be interviewing one of the owners from there. Um, the guy that I met was also an owner. He was, but he seems to be more... I don't know which side of the business he really does. I mean, he's definitely the chef. That much I know. And just as a side note, I had ramen while I was there, and it was baller as hell. Nice. Like pork belly ramen <laughs> that was just so fucking good. Um, and they have a, he has a lot of really interesting stuff on that menu. Um, but the the guy that we're going to be talking to is named Jay, who is his business partner. Um. Right. I don't well, remember hey. which one is the primary brewer or if they're... Next time, you're going to find a lo- out along with us about Jay and his role at Odd by Nature. So mm-hmm. please uh, come on back next time. If you ever want to try again, I told you once, you son of a bitch, I'm the best there's ever been. 
<laughs> Sorry, guys. Went into a little Charlie Daniels there. Uh <laughs> but yeah, I got turned on to Odd by Nature because they did a collaboration with Definitive when they were still really new. Um, I think they might have been on that Definitive uh first they're sour and then they're sweet, like Sour Patch Kids one. Okay. You can look it up on your untapped if you're if you want to check that out. But I don't remember if it was that one or not, but I had heard about them because of, you know, it was like they collaborated with Definitive on one of the, you know, one of their kind of bonkers sounding beers. And then I looked up their menu and was like, oh, hey, they do some really interesting stuff on their own. So I've been and wanting yes, to check this place out for a while. You're right. It's first they're sour, then they're sweet that yeah. they did as a collab with uh, Odd by Nature. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, Odd by Nature piqued my interest at that point, and I think that that was well before their tap review had opened. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had to go to Maine for work and decided to pop in there on my way home and uh, had a great chat with Jay's business partner. Um, and yeah, I mean, just fun little place to hang out great beer he was totally down to like explain you know more about their stuff give me kind of a you know tour of what they had um yeah it was great um, awesome so let's talk about what i drank yeah um well here while you can drink some of your beer i'll introduce your first beer for you her first beer there was DDH Evil, a double dry hop version of their Evil, uh, which is a New England style IPA with Strata, Azaka, Waimea, and Simcoe hops. Yep. Um, it sounds delicious so, to me. <laughs> yeah. So you and I had the Evil and we liked it, but if you recall correctly, we liked it, but we weren't wildly impressed like it the like the, the flavors wasn't weren't as much flavor there. yeah and this fixes that problem awesome so the ddh evil is like basically what you wanted evil to be in the first place oh that sounds great yeah hence the reason i gave it a 4.5 and that was a very sober 4.5 like it's an it's a great ipa um it takes it builds on the flavors of the original evil mm -hmm. and just brings the right where you want them like smooth as hell very drinkable just flavorful awesome well that sounds fantastic to me <laughs> it was it really really was so what did you have next, next? <laughs> the next one i had is jerry um so this is at the point where you know he was still kind of like i think going in the you need to try this order mm -hmm. um so jerry is a tribute to the owner's mother um oh my god i'm spacing on the name of the guy that i met hang on one second all right wow you you are in incredibly non-helpful right now yeah i know um so bradley brad, bradley i i would assume brad um i think that this is actually brad's mother-in-law 
maybe that they made this one about. Okay. Um, so Jerry is a margarita sour inspired beer with lime leaves, lime zest, agave nectar, and rendered tequila. That sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> it was. It really was. Like all those flavors come through. Nothing is uh too heavy handed. Um or you know, it just yes. A hundred percent yes also gave that a four point five. I thought that was phenomenal. I mean, so far, man, you are making a really great case for like everything you've talked about from Odd by Nature. I would hope so, because I should be. The next beer I had is the best pumpkin beer I've ever had. Mm. It's called Pumpkin Scoop. It is a milkshake IPA with pumpkin, molasses, and false spice. Yeah. Yep. I mean, like, ice cream style IPA. Yeah. Yeah. It's a milkshake IPA with absolutely perfectly balanced pumpkin. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, personally, I'm a fan of, you know, like, Warlock or um, Pumpkin. There we go. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, But no, do, doing a pumpkin beer as a milkshake IPA or ice cream style IPA, like, I I could definitely get on board with that myself. And, like, the fact that you gave it a fucking five, man. Like, massive. Yeah, it's it's the best pumpkin beer I've ever had. Like, not a contest. Um, All right, so next up, her next beer was a hazy New England-style IPA called Rising Hope. It is a beer brewed 100% for the charity to donate towards the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation. Uh, their version of Rising Hope, so I'm guessing it's a like shared recipe kind of thing that multiple different places are doing as charity projects. Right. Yeah. Uh, their version of it is infused with passion fruit, orange, and guava. Hell yes, is what I have to say about this one. Nice. Um. So take like the awesomeness of that like DDH evil and just add like really well balanced fruit to complement the flavors of the hops. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 sounds fucking awesome to me, dude. All right, I'm not going to lie. I am liking this beer less and less the more I drink it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that like, I don't think it's holding up as well as it did on the initial sip, but like I don't dislike it. I'm getting more flavors of like plastic the more I drink it. Yeah, I think that I think that it's a little bit more oxidized than we were thinking it was, which makes me wonder how long it was sitting on the shelf. Like that's a problem. It's not their fault that like stuff sits on the shelf that long. You know, a liquor store can't just be like, oh, this IPA is two weeks old. Let's just dump all of our stock that we paid for. I mean, their Best Buy, it looks like 429-2022. No. I mean, that that's 
No. In terms of flavor, absolutely not. Two. No, that's totally a four, not a two. That's weird. Let me look at the bottom of mine. It, it, it's yeah, you're right. Four twenty nine twenty two. That's no. There's no way. It would, yeah, there's no it would way. Be any, it wouldn't be drinkable at that like, point. This already feels like it's on the edge of undrinkable. Like the um, the warm the warmer it's getting for me. Again, I'm I'm getting more flavors of plastic. The warmer it gets. See, for me, it never comes across as plastic, and I don't have a good explanation for exactly what it tastes like. I mean, um, plastic is the closest that I think I can usually get to. Yeah, but it doesn't, it tastes like if you, I don't know, organic plastic somehow. Like, I don't know. It's like, like, no, I, it, that plastic's not where my brain goes with this. I, ugh. Um, hmm. No, there's something weird that comes out in the hops. It's definitely something that's coming out of the hops for me as well. And I'm I'm trying, I'm struggling very hard to place something that, it's like, it's almost like that kind of funk that you get from something like Brussels sprouts or asparagus. Do you know what I'm saying? I get the direction that you're going in. But I'm not tasting that. See, that's how I perceive it. All right. Well, <laughs> um, but like, but but like, it it it's in that family of flavors, but not quite that. I don't know how to explain it. Like, oxidized hop ha very much distinctly has its own flavor to me that like I can't easily equate to something else. Um, it's like, what if a lemon sour patch kid grew mold? Ew, but I get the direction you're going in. Mm -hmm. It's like that's not right either, but like that's again, like I'm I'm dan I feel like I'm dancing around it because there's no it's like I it's like rancid lemon pine saw. Kind of, yeah. Um oh fuck. I'm trying to put my finger on this. Um what if you mix gin and vomit? <laughs> I've had it before, it's not as bad as you think. <laughs> Folks, uh, I wish you could terrible. see the face I just made. I'm going to go die now. <laughs> yeah. Bye. All right. Well, instead of dying, why don't you keep on talking about your trip to uh, Odd by Nature? <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll make me feel better. Um, so, next up, I tried Crantastic Voyage. That is a sour with over soured on over 40 pounds of cranberry wow 40 um, pound cranberry i gave this a 4.5 mostly because it's an extremely pleasant sour drink the cranberry comes through very well it comes through as not syrupy distinctly like a natural fruit flavor right um 
and I think cranberry lends itself really well to sours when it's well done. Oh, I completely agree. Um, wasn't there a like the old days, the Wild West days, Manor Vice? No, that one was blueberry Cotter Vice. Cape Cotter Vice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That one was fantastic. The, yeah. the original um, year of it. Yeah. Uh, this is like that. Nice. Yeah. Um, and hoping for their future that they don't go the same way that Night Shift did with their beers. The next beer I had was Don't Let Anyone Dull Your Sparkle. Don't Let Anyone Dull Your Sparkle. Uh, what so this the hell is... is that a reference to? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. So this is a sour that's soured on plums, figs, and apricots, which first off, the flavor is great, with a touch of edible glitter added. <laughs> that's awesome. Dude, it is a green beer that fucking sparkles, and it's rad as hell. That sounds so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. I mean, the glitter does collect at the bottom, so you kind of have to do the, like, ro- if you buy cans of this, definitely do a roll and shake. But, like, yeah, it's a... It's fucking beautiful, and it tastes beautiful. Like, it's 4.5. It's not, you know, on the top end of the things that I tried here. But, like, dude, I don't think I gave anything here under a 4. But definitely, I'm not, I am not. I don't think I even gave anything. Uh, it doesn't look like you gave anything underneath a 4.25. Yeah. Which brings us on to your next beer. Turn me into a battery. It's an American lager that is a noble dry hopped lager with a pillowy soft mouthfeel while clocking it at a dangerously crushable 6.2. Double dry hopped with Kazbek hops. I've never heard of those before. I've never heard of them either. Um, this was like what you want a lager to be, more or less. So style specific probably like 4.75 but yeah wow all right yeah no this was solid as hell um and the last beer that i had there is called not sorry it is a pastry stout it is brewed with 20 pounds of classic cruller donuts dipped in cereal milk Conditioned on 32 pounds of Reese's Puff cereal. So it's a collaboration with Kushwa Brewing and donuts from Congdon Donuts and Wells. If you've never had Congdon Donuts and Wells, holy fuck, their donuts are amazing. Seriously. Like, I say this as a person who fucking loves donuts, and I have some really solid, I have a really solid donut place near me. Yeah, Congdon's is bomb as hell. Um, I also love the can art because it's essentially Reese's Puff cereal. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I gave this a 4.5. I mean, the other thing that's really nice about this is like the flavors come through well. And it's a stout that's a 7.9. Like that's way more drinkable than like a 10 or 12%. Yeah. I mean, as much as I can enjoy like Imperial Russian stouts from time to time, like their alcohol percentage can be excessive a lot of the time. Oh yeah.
<laughs> I'm just laughing at like the dumb shit places that I check into sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, I had. So now we're we're off of the. Uh, odd by nature trip. Now we're moving into other shit territory. Would you like to learn about other shit? Sure. You don't sound very sure. No, I just figure we'll we'll do this for a little bit more, and then um, I don't know, sometime around like jam packed, we'll call beer. Yeah, because uh, you're right. This is getting harder and harder to get through. Yeah, which is unfortunate. I mean, because, like, I, I, the I initial really, I really is... want to finish this beer so we can move on to our next beer. But like, yeah the the more I drink this beer, the warmer it gets. The less I like drinking this beer. And yeah, we might take a quick commercial break and dump beers. Yeah. Um. All right, let me let me do this one last one, and then we'll move on to. Oh well, I don't know if we ever t- actually. Yeah, I don't well, know no, if we I, I figure we'll we'll this. figure we'll do this short throw. We'll do the foundations, and then probably call it after those foundations. Okay. All right. So, uh, I had, and did not save one for TJ because womp, I don't womp. always, um. I had White Van Vibes from Short Throw Brewing. It's an Imperial I or Double IPA. It's a collaboration between Short Throw Brewing out of North Haven, Connecticut, and Hoof Hearted. If I need to explain where that's that's in Columbus, in case you really didn't know, uh, but Mar- come on. Marengo. Yeah, it says Marengo, but like I. I'm guessing that that's where their primary brewing facility is. I've been to the one in Columbus. They also have a location in Columbus. Ah. And they definitely do brew out of it. Maybe they've moved since then. I don't know. Um, so si- this one is a an IPA that it was Citra, Strata, and Eldorado. And then on the hot side of the brewing process. Then they dry hopped exclusively with Galaxy. Mm. Uh, Sounds like it'd be good. It pretty damn solid. Um, gave it a four point two five. I I don't think it was the best IPA I've ever had, but it was solid. Solid. All right. After that, a um, couple of beers that I've had as well. Uh, one of them was, and they're all from fucking Foundation. I think we mentioned two of them, but never really talked about them. Um. But Donut Delight, eh, it, yeah. it, it's uh, coconut, brown sugar, nutmeg, so and vanilla and milk sugar. So it's supposed to be, you know, a coconut donut. And eh. Yeah. Eh, indeed. I mean, unfortunately, it seems to be the way of a lot of foundation stuff. Because yeah. uh, even like jam packed jelly roll, like it should have been better than it was. It should have been better than it was. It wasn't bad by any means, it, it but was, it should have been better than bad, it was. But it should have been better. Um, 
the most impressive, I think, was the jam-packed Just Peachy. Agreed. Uh, I didn't actually check in any of these. Emily gave 4.25 on both the jam packs and 3.75 on the Donut Delight. I also gave 3.75, but like Jelly Roll, probably, again, I would agree 4.25. The Just Peachy, I would be tempted to go for 4.5 instead of 4.25. Agreed, but I feel like there's... It's really not that much better. It's just having both of those back-to-back. One is clearly a better one, so that probably influences why I think that I want to give it a higher rating. Yeah, because like anybody can make a raspberry sour, and that tasted like a raspberry sour to me. It, it didn't taste like a jelly roll. It didn't taste like there a wasn't... jelly roll. It tasted there like wasn't a raspberry anything... sour. There was a hint yeah. of vanilla in there. Yeah, but there like, wasn't enough in there to make it to justify it being called the jelly roll. Whereas just peachy works because like I'm not expecting really anything beyond the peach. Like so that that I I, I think, you know, works fine because it's more like at least what you expect. All right. Um and I think that that's it for our beer talk that we're going to do this episode. I believe that we are going to do a New England beer reviews first and take our commercial break and dump the remainder of our first beer. It's it's a sad, sad day, and it took us almost a year just to get here. Oh, this isn't the first time I've dumped a beer. For the episode? Well, end episode. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've actually, thankfully, every time I've, well, every time, I think I've done this, like, once, maybe twice. Um, like, yeah, there's something that, like, it's just too much or something, and I end up, like, dumping a part of our second one. But oh, okay. Well, I've never then... dumped a first one before, so that is a, that is a first it, for it's, me. It's going to be the first time that... I've ever, ever dumped, dumped a beer, a show beer. Yeah, I mean, I again, am the beer dumpster, and even I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think I can finish this, and I don't even have much left. It's just like, yeah, I feel you. I mean, I, I would I rather a... dump this thing out than finish it. I agree, and the thing that makes me feel really bad about that is I have a feeling that if I had this beer, like. As soon as we got within it. a week of canning, yeah. Um. Well, I don't even know how long it actually sat on the shelf before I got it, or like kept refrigerated or something. You know. Yeah. There's something. I. It's like I don't really know exactly what the problem is here, but yeah. But yeah, it's, we're, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna pay some bills and take a commercial break, and we'll be right back. Pay what bills? I. I am. Yeah. Um. If if somebody wants to help us, you know, pay for beer, uh, again, we're we're more than happy. Maybe maybe I don't know. Yeah, yay! Um, today's episode is brought to you by New England Beer Reviews, primarily Emily Schick. If you would like to support the show, please support our Patreon at patreon.com backslash nebr. You can help and emily pay for some of the beers because i'm still fucking unemployed 
commercial. Come on. Yeah. Brought to you by Wash, who's going every once in a while in the background when he like wakes up slightly. And as always, brought to you by Cats. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Boy, I hope you enjoyed those commercials. I mean, who doesn't love commercials about us and cats? So you can't really go wrong. Um, I mean, the internet says cats are the best, so. Well, yes. That's why we talk about cats. Because cats are amazing. Not the movie, but the animal. Yes. Um, Shall we move on to beer number two? Um, Beer number two today comes to us from... Oh, Beer on Earth is the brewery out of Providence, mm-hmm. Rhode Island. And it's called Double Orange Belt Dippa with Citra. And it's got like a super cute red panda and like a gi on it. And I like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. In three, two, one, crack. Oh, a little bit foamy here. Yeah. I really hope that this one turns out to be better than the last. Because, like, oh, man, that one smelled so good and then just turned so disappointing. Yeah, when I went to pour it out, like, I noticed that this, even the smell had turned from when we first opened it. And it was like, ah, oxidation strikes again. Yeah, unfortunately, it happens. Hmm. Initial impression is that this held up better, but like I really fucking hesitate to say, yeah, this is good. Cause like I would say that for sure this is good, but I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely not as oxidized as the other. So it definitely tastes better so far. Um, but hey, we thought that we didn't think the other one tasted that oxidized in the beginning, and that's true. So we'll see. Um, Honestly, my complaint with this would be like it's just sort of bland. Yeah. Like it, it's beer, but I don't really get much beyond just the fact that it's beer. Yeah. All right. Um. So outside of potentially talking about this beer more, we are done with our beer talk for this episode. Um. If you've stuck with us through the commercials. Thanks. <laughs> Commercials. Yeah. Uh, hey, man. I like it. Um, I mean, at least do fake commercials like Robert Evans. Start shilling like Raytheon knife missiles or uh, his, you know, future cult that he plans on. I, I still think it's funny that his plan is to die in a raid by the FDA. Like, specifically the FDA. Yeah, no, it's a good plan. I like it. I think it's hilarious. Um, but now we're going to move on to our pop culture talk. Um, Emily, what, what do we have for pop culture talk? Well, TJ, we have several things. The thing that I think I'm most excited to talk about is I and he finally finished The he Expanse. He and me? Yes. He and I. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, we finished The Expanse. So if you're not familiar with The Expanse, uh, The Expanse is a sci-fi show 
based on a book series that started on, I believe, the Sci-Fi Channel and moved to Prime when it got canceled. Seafy. Uh, if you're gonna say it, say it right. Seafy. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, I I would say the thing that's really uh, the, the Expanse is great, mostly because of the characters and how real it all feels. Um, I think that the characters are generally pretty relatable. They're very human. Uh, and, you don't have any of this, like... And it feels depressingly real. Yeah. Like, you don't have as much of the larger-than-life shit that Star Trek does, which is Like, there's, there's still some of that, and I think that it's mostly used as a MacGuffin to keep intrigue. Yeah. I mean, it is entirely used as a MacGuffin to keep intrigue. But yeah, it works. I mean, so many of those characters are just so compelling. Um, yeah, it's it's political it, intrigue, like um, fucking Battlestar Galactica was. But instead of Cylons, it's just other humans that live in other parts of our solar system being treated as second-class citizens. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, once we move beyond race, obviously we're going to move to something else that makes us hate oh, yeah. everyone else. We, um, we, we always need to find a reason to hate somebody. Like, we're, we're all just tribal entities. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I really like, it as far as the sci-fi part of it goes, I really enjoy the fact that The Expanse feels more rooted in science. I mean, physics-wise, physics-wise, the way that the ships move and approach makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, it really does. I mean, a lot of the logistical stuff, like, you know, you don't just magically have shit that generates, like, water and oxygen. Like, uh, you know, to an extent you do, but... You know, it's not just like magically there all the time. Yeah. People have to pay money for that shit. And, and like a lot of it is rooted in reality, but there are certain suspensions of disbelief that have to be made with it. Like, well, that's like the part whole of uh, any sci-fi. like the whole Epstein drive. Yes. I mean, but that's part of any sci-fi. But I feel like the Epstein drive makes a little bit more sense than the warp drive, even though warp bubbles are a thing that we've, you know like been able to create at this point yeah it's it, it's not it's not that we sustainable con- <laughs> we don't have any conception of how you could actually use it to move a ship yeah well the secret is you build engines that don't actually move the ship but move the universe around the ship mm-hmm. like that's the only Thanks true you, way <laughs> for those of you who don't watch all of the futurama the way we do that's a futurama reference um, but yeah, I I absolutely loved. <laughs> he came to me in a dream and left me in another dream. <laughs> but yeah, I I loved the expanse overall. I mean, me too. there are there are some characters that like are in more compelling. Honestly, than others. like some of the best. Te- like there are some characters in that show that are some of the best and most interesting television characters ever, ever. I mean, honestly, man, like like I said the other day, I wish I could say that Avasarala is my spirit animal. I wish I was cool enough to have Avasarala as my spirit animal. That woman is 
fucking badass and I love her. I mean, I guess if nothing else, you can just imagine that she's the angel on your shoulder saying, fuck you. <laughs> Don't try to stick your dick in it, Holden. It's <laughs> fucked enough already. Oh that my is who God. I want leading our race. Yes. <laughs> well, the, our, the human race, like the, the species. I mean, it depends on what direction they're coming from with that line. But if it's Avasarala yes yeah i oh my god i love her i love her so much and i want her wardrobe but yeah guys it's a uh fantastic show you you should check it out um yeah. all six seasons of the series are currently on amazon prime it's like 67 episodes it, it's yeah something like that it's, it's not not much it's yeah. not it's not nearly long enough yeah but I, there I did is a have good... some issues with like the final season. I I didn't have that many issues with the final season. I do appreciate that they spent the budget on, you know, their cold effects. opens. Um. Uh, oh my god, that final battle though, Jesus oh, Christ! Yeah. The effects no, are so good. There is a lot of stuff like in the last episode or two that like you can see the money on the screen. Oh, my, my major issue with the final season are all the cold opens that yes, take place on that other planet. It feels like while I enjoy what they were trying to do in the way that they were doing it, it gives a zero fucking closure and doesn't seem to have a fucking point outside yeah. of reminding us, oh, hey, this general's on this beach. Yeah. No, it, it just, I, I, agree. I, I rather would have it seen that budget go elsewhere in the show. Yeah, it went nowhere. Um, that that's my major complaint with the last season as well. But like, other than that, damn, man, like. <sighs> oh, yeah, I mean, I know. All right. So if you care about spoilers for the end of it, this is a spoiler warning. I am going to not completely ruin the ending, but kind of ruin the ending in three two one i fucking love that it's like super happy continuing adventures ending that mm -hmm. like it's the end that doesn't necessarily have a definitive end and instead like you got like the happy ending for pretty much everybody except the guy who turned out to be a rapist in real life but yeah you know. except for him but fuck that guy <sighs> yeah it sucks because alex was a good character but like and man. honestly i appreciate that they didn't give him a grandiose death it was just sort of a he had a stroke and died <laughs> yeah <sighs> and then like even in the final season they paid tribute to the character without paying tribute to the actor and i, I, I really appreciated that too yeah absolutely now they handled it in about the most classy way you possibly could yeah and i honestly like while it wasn't you know i don't know that i would say it's the best ending i've ever seen of anything it's absolutely far from the worst and i think above average yeah i still don't know i don't know what what is like even though i haven't seen the original dexter ending if that's our bottom then what's my top is my top like breaking bad uh i think that breaking bad i think 
honestly, I think you need to pick something shorter. Um, I could make a strong argument for something like Fleabag because it only had two seasons and it didn't have, so it didn't have so much baggage it had to wrap up. Oh, that's what I was thinking oh, about. Oh, no. Mr. Robot. Yeah, okay. That's the top. Yeah, that is the top, isn't it? Okay, so <laughs> on a scale of Dexter to Mr. Robot, I would probably put the Expanse's ending more in the direction of Robot. Absolutely. Like, um... not quite there, but like three-quarter. I don't know. Where would you rank the good place? Oh. See, now that's hard because like. The good place and Mr. Robot are both pretty up there and I don't know which one really tops out. I would actually argue for Mr. Robot. Oh, I I would absolutely agree that it's Mr. Robot. Um, But I don't think the good place is that far behind. As much as I love the good place, I think that it has a lot of issues in its final season. Yeah the issue is not its finale. I actually like just singular episode. It's finale is way up there. Yeah. I, I think that the final season though, forgot what show it was for a large part of it, but I yeah. do love how they wrapped it all up in the end. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I'd put the exp- the ending of the expanse above WandaVision. I would like, agree. WandaVision as much as I was a great show, it just didn't stick the landing. Yeah, the last three episodes just didn't really know how it wanted to wrap shit up. Yeah. And instead it, really it wrapped it up in like typical Marvel fashion of over-the-top special effects display. Yeah, which don't get me wrong. Oh, when fun you have, to watch. When you have a when you but when you have a good story backing it, like that is an extremely effective ending. I think that's part of why the expanse is such an effective ending. But, you know, it is kind of disappointing that like more or less the show ended because they ran out of source material. Like, because for folks who don't know, the expanse is based on a book series and each season is based on a book much like Game of Thrones was before it started sucking. Um, And the book seven, I believe there's like a, something like a 20 or 30 year time jump. So like, there's no good way to do that um, and stay within a reasonable budget because you'd have to like, man, probably age makeup and CG every goddamn character. Or just recast everybody. Which also, which no one would stand for. So, yeah, it's just, it was, it was just easier to end it than figure that out. Yeah, no, I, it's disappointing, but I definitely agree with that decision. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm feeling more and more like this is oxidized on the beer front. It's not as bad as the other one, but it's not nearly as bad as the other one. Like this, I can still drink, but I think that the ox- I think it's because it's not as powerful I, anyway. I was going to say I think that the oxidization um, affected the flavor 
in terms of negating any other like nuanced flavor that's in it instead of making it like unfortunate to drink. So yeah. sorry to both of these breweries. Like it's not necessarily a reflection on you. It's a reflection on us not getting around to necessarily drinking these beers as fast as we could. I think that this one is more palatable than the connect the dots, but yeah. Yeah. It's also been like six hours since I've taken any Benadryl, so my nose is not smelling as well now. I don't know. Excuses. But, um... Wash, wash won't stand for your excuses. Actually, yeah. Wash is past the fuck out. Yeah, he, he is past the fuck out. Again, brought to you by cats. Like he didn't twitch or anything when I said his name. Oh, I know. Nothing. I can... I can see him. Um, well, they can't. <laughs> didn't we watch something else as well? We did indeed. What did we watch, TJ? Um, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you, man. <laughs> we ended up watching, before it ended up leaving uh, HBO Max, we ended up watching Matrix Resurrections. Uh, it was like we my did. third or fourth time watching it, but it was Emily's first time watching it. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, Matrix Resurrections is the fourth movie and a legacy sequel to the original 1999 fucking classic, The Matrix. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um Yep. So what did you think of it? (laughs) This is more or less what I wanted from a Matrix sequel to begin with. Like, I wanted something that was compelling. Uh, Maybe not in exactly the same way as the original, because, like, it's kind of hard to make something as compelling as an extremely compelling original. Yes. Um. But like plus an original idea in Hollywood is few and far between. And some some directors get pissed off that their original ideas aren't appreciated as they feel they should be looking at you, Quentin Dupuis. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And that's all we're going to mention to him this episode. (laughs) Yeah. So Matrix for... Resurrections. <laughs> uh for more chat about Quentin Dupieux and his uh um shortcomings, <laughs> let's say. Um check out our other podcast, See It or Screw It, which will be coming to you someday, eventually, in places. Yes. Hopefully sooner rather than later, in any places that you find podcasts but yeah um matrix resurrections <laughs> i get i dug it yeah i i, 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 I dug actually it too really liked it uh for me uh, i feel like i said this when i gave my like super short review of it of like it ended up giving me greater appreciation for two and three it didn't really make me want to go back and rewatch two and three, but it gave me greater appreciation for two and three. 
but like yeah it, it it feels like a matrix movie and i had a lot of fun watching it absolutely uh i don't know man I, the other thing i keep thinking about that movie is it's like is it just me or is keanu reeves actually like getting hotter man i don't know how he's doing it but yeah i think that keanu reeves is just kind of like getting hotter the older he gets but like it's it's also like you know fucking winona ryder and christina ricci and fucking juliette lewis like i think that all of them have just gotten more attractive the older they've gotten (laughs) oh yeah there there are there are a fair number of people who get increasingly attractive it seems uh, i mean up to a point like i feel like there's kind of a cliff like harrison ford did get more attractive the older he got and then like at some point he hit a cliff and it was just like yeah i mean that cliff was around like what 2007 hollywood homicide something like that yeah, yeah. 2005 i don't know um but yeah that was us talking about the matrix resurrections good talk uh, i figure i'll give a super short newish movie review of the um bob odenkirk starring vehicle called nobody in it he's a family man with a hinted at past who gets driven to a desire to enact violence and uh the repercussions that happen from that desire to enact violence but apparently he is no hombre to be fucked with um but yeah it's streaming on hbo max right now i highly recommend checking it out it it kind of gave me some vibes of like the raid that it's just that sort of like high energy, high impact action that just draws you into it really well. And it's a, it's a pretty fucking solid story to boot as well. I think I agree. Plus like Neil Patrick Harris made an interestingly good villain. Oh, I I was no longer talking about, Oh, matrix resurrections i moved on to talking about nobody but we can loop back to matrix resurrections i'm sorry all emily got distracted by her phone (laughs) another future guest was messaging me and Um, i was confused because apparently he sent like because he sent a bunch of messages and it was like oops wrong group chat and it was like wait a second yeah um let's not talk about this here anyway uh yeah but MPH was essentially the villain of Matrix Resurrections, and that was pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah. It really was. Um, I mean, I have to say, like, Keanu Reeves still feels a little bit flat in that role to me, but I think that that's also, like, the way the character is really meant to be played. Because, like, while he's not a gregarious person or actor, it seems, I mean, he does have, like, a much more deep emotional range and can do a lot of different things with that kind of closed off thing, too. Like, 
I'm sitting here thinking of Destination Wedding. Yeah. Like, that was a great fucking movie. That was a lot of fun to watch. Um, I just always think back to the robot chicken sketch of, whoa, it's time travel. Whoa, it's Dracula. Whoa, it's the Matrix. Hi, I'm Keanu Reeves. (coughs) I'm Keanu Reeves, and this is my commercial for Keanu's Breakfast Sausage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I don't think he has range, but he does know how to play certain things well. And he is a solid physical actor as well. Yeah. Like, he's not super assuming like uh, like John Cena. Like, like, you look at John Cena as an actor even, and it's like, oh, okay, that's a guy who can fuck some shit up. Oh, yeah. Whereas, like, Keanu Reeves has more of that, like... (sighs) Sinewy thing going on? I was gonna say what, like, Johnny Depp kind of wishes he was now. Because, like, it's, it's like, Johnny, it's like Johnny Depp from, like, 1984. But, you know, 40 years later as still that same person but instead he's keanu reeves okay yeah i don't know my brain is starting to go i think brain hurt yeah much bad i really enjoy keanu reeves more as a person than an actor he seems like he's a genuinely good guy yeah, he does. And I and I think that he works really well in the roles that he works well in. Like I I one of the things I really liked about Destination Wedding is like, yeah, you're right, he doesn't have a shitload of range, but like that's an extremely different character from Neo. Like it has a he has a very different emotional motivation, different emotional hang ups, like Yeah, I, I mean, I think that he was extremely effective in that role oh did you ever watch the um i i know i didn't watch the entirety of it i can't remember if it's a movie or a limited series but always be my maybe no uh it's it's got like randall park and i can't think of her fucking name right now but they're like each other's childhood best friend asian like if you don't find anybody by this time then we'll end up together kind of partnership um right but she ends up in a relationship with keanu reeves and it's keanu reeves playing like playing essentially the version of Keanu Reeves that I think that everybody sort of sees him as being like, he's like so cool, like flowing hair, always put together, nice suit, like him at the beginning of like a John Wick movie. (laughs) I've still never seen a John Wick movie. I know I need to rectify that. I mean, they are entertaining to watch. Oh, I've heard that. And it's like, yeah, I I, I need to Although do that one of these days. I haven't. They're even more fun if you uh, 
look at a uh, fan theory with them. Um, so the fan theory with John Wick movies is that the John Wick movies themselves exist within the Matrix. They are a training program programmed by Morpheus to uh, train Neo into becoming the general that he needs to be. Like, I, I think it's kind of undone by Resurrections, but like prior, prior to Resurrections, much more viable fan theory that I could definitely get on board with. Yeah, yeah, actually. I mean, the logic is not unsound. I mean, plus, um, it definitely helps the theory that I think the third one, the second one, um, fucking Cowboy Curtis shows up as, like, Pigeon Man <laughs> or or Pigeon King, something like that, Who who's like a uh, leader of some faction or something of these assassins and ends up giving guidance to John Wick played by Keanu Reeves as Neo in this program. Okay. Yeah, no, it, it's a fun fan theory out there. Um all right, man. We're we're like we're like an hourish in. Do we right. uh wrap it on up? You, you got yeah. you got anything else you really want to you're just like tear and get out off your chest. Um, it it I don't know. It's almost like what it going back to the previous thing we were saying. What if uh the game Roy from Rick and Morty was you know actually well like what if you played it way more badass? Is that like kind of? John Wick as a training program? Kind of? A little bit? All right. So the basic setup of John Wick is he was essentially a gun for hire who decided to leave the life behind and just wanted a quiet life alone with his dog. Somebody kills his fucking dog and he kills a fuck ton of people trying to find out who killed his fucking dog. So what if Roy wasn't boring? Yeah. What if Roy didn't go back to the carpet store? <laughs> well, or like, what if Roy didn't even start off in a fucking carpet store? He started off with a way more interesting backstory. All right. I get behind this game. Yeah. Me too. All right. Well, any game developers out there listening to this, don't steal our idea. But hey, get in touch with us at New England Beer Reviews at gmail.com. Or you and can give find us a bunch us, of money for our idea. Or, or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Or uh, you can give us money as well at patreon.com backslash NEBR, the initials of our show, New England Beer Reviews, NEBR. Um, I've been TJ Davis alongside Emily Schick. Anything else from you? I, I think that was my last word, and Wash is too passed out to say anything. So we have nothing on this front. All right. Um, bye. Bye.